Welcome to Fighting Fiction. I am your host, Eric, and joining me today is Muhammad and not figure. And yeah. It was a uh, we're we back. Not 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 the tree, not our trio, not a trinity, but a duo. It's the brave and the bold, right? We're we're the, we're the brave and the bold that DC show that was based off like actual actual comics, right? We're like which is like, hey, this is the brave and the bold Green Arrow and Green Lantern, or brave and the bold uh, Supergirl and Green Lantern, which is like is a funny twist, but like besides the point, right? So we're, we're back doing an episode of podcast. Oh, this is like the worst. This is our worst intro yet. Yeah, that, that went on very long. <laughs> no. I'm leaving it all in. I'm gonna leave it all in. Um. So we got like uh, what is it? We're gonna talk about female superheroes this week, and yes, we are. Oh boy, like okay, uh, premise this right. Uh, I I know like we're probably say, like, Muhammad's gonna be like, oh, they're all trash. And I'm like, you know what? I think, I, I don't think <laughs> they're all trash. I really don't. I think I think well, like, I think they're like all good, depending on like who writes writes them right, and or I, get the idea. I just think some writers are kind of buttheads. Chris Claremont. Um. Chris Claremont is the greatest writer um, of all time. Greatest. Every time Bendis touches a female character, uh, he sort of corrodes at them. Uh, I think it's whoever that girl. <laughs> Every writer who writes like uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, yeah, it's a. Uh, that... They get trapped. They're <laughs> just like, oh, we just we can't write her. Supergirl is always been, like pretty okay, uh, minus the new Fifty Two, and then that one era when it was an alien. Who could shapeshift her part, like shapeshifted herself to look like Supergirl? That was uh, probably the weakest Supergirl runs. Uh, yeah, that, those were yeah. things. Those were things. Those, those were things. Man, Jeff Johns, when are you gonna write Super uh, Supergirl? Oh man, I would totally be into that. Honestly, oh. he's like, okay, uh, pulls out like reaching his drawer, pulls out a Supergirl like uh, <laughs> like toys, like X figure. He's like, oh right, what am I gonna do with you? Um, if, if you don't know, like me, me and Eric have this, this like joke where we, we genuinely believe that Jeff Johns, like um, every time he writes something, like uh, we think he's like really childlike and he smashes a bunch of toys together and that's like his writing process. Okay. So he's got like seven different Supermans. It's like this, like uh, it's kind of hard because like he wrote the best Crisis that uh, DC's ever had, which is like Infinite Crisis, and. And it, it, like it boils down to a bunch of action figures like smashing into each other, <laughs> but it has such like thematic meanings in there. It's like you know you could read this. You like, man, DC needs to have one of like Jeff Jones write this Crisis again because this is like the the like the terms they're going to is kind of dumb, right? Uh, Flashpoint is kind of cool, <laughs> but it's like hey, it's literally just like hey, what if like I have my Bruce Wayne toy, but I want to make him a little more edgier. I just imagine him being like, uh, he has like 78 different Superman action figures just like all stood in a row, and he's like, Which one of you is gonna cross over with who? <laughs> the Flash! He's like, okay, his Flash run was just a bunch of action figures. Especially like the Sinestro War was just a bunch of action figures like smashing into each other. That's yep. it. Man, J- Jeff Johns needs to be editor in chief of DC, and he they take away his like Shazam rights. You know. We'll get plenty of, like, I, I feel like he would know who to sign the different books. Tomasi, you're back on Superman. <laughs> Tomasi would be, like, buried in his corner, like, doing his detective comics. You're back on Being Superman. Like, Wait a minute, that's not the artist I asked for. <laughs> yeah, Pat Gleason with uh, uh, Marvel, so, yeah. He's not even working on anything in Marvel, which is a strange thing. Yeah, like, it's just strange because I feel like a guy, like, Gleason, um, you would want on, like, a bunch of stuff, or at least one really cool thing. Okay, put up on Amazing Spider-Man. No, okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy could use that uh, Gleason bump. No, okay. Uh, X-Men. No, okay. All the cool stuff is like Thor. No, okay. <laughs> uh, um, very obscure Marvel character. Okay, you, no. You get uh, he could be on Miles. <laughs> Miles Morales, Spider-Man. All right, sure. Alright, but we're on to, like, female superheroes. After. Um, we, we ended up reading a few things. Oh, man, cause I had, like, bought Wonder Woman and it says, time for me to read it, and I read it, and Wonder Woman is coolest, was the coolest thing yet coming out of DC Rebirth, from DC Rebirth. Actually, she's the coolest character coming out of every, like, DC era. Even, yeah, like, the New 52 for some reason. 
I think it's just because with New 52, they were trying to, like, edgify uh, do certain things. We edgify and it. those things didn't work at all, really. I th um, okay, okay, let's put it like this, right? Uh, female superheroes aren't popular, for one thing. Uh, that yeah. is really common. Like, for Marvel and DC, they aren't really popular. And, like, I don't, some people are like, oh, but, like, Jean Grey, Psylocke, and Storm, and, like, those aren't really like uh, I don't think anybody's that into Psylocke. Yeah, um, I mean I like Psylocke, but like I'm not like I won't like she has a book coming out. I'm not even I'm not even reading it. I won't even look, I like I walk past it every time the comic book store. And I'm like you know what I don't need a Psylocke standalone book. <laughs> like I like her like like Jubilee. I like Jubilee more. I'll buy a Jubilee book more than the Psylocke one. Uh, Jean Grey had a comic book that that didn't that not do well on her on its own on her own. So uh, I, I'd imagine it wouldn't do well on its own. Uh, there, there was another one. Uh, what's the, uh, the this Storm has Storm had one back in the '90s, but like that, I think it was just like a four issue miniseries. So like that's about it. Uh, who else? The one that Rogue, Rogue, yeah, Rogue had a comic book, but it, but it had Gambit in it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a Rogue and Gambit book, I think. Yeah, so I was like, you know, maybe, 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 like as much as like people like them, they're not strong on their own, but like rather they're strong with other characters. Um, maybe, but th there is also like, uh, except one, I, except it, Wonder Woman, she's like cool. <laughs> yeah, because like with Wonder Woman, you know, like there's should be like an easy character to like handle, hopefully. Oh, okay. But, like, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. For some reason, uh. So I grew up really liking Batgirl, like at least in animated stuff. Spoiler. I always thought she was kind of funny and cool, mm -hmm. but like. Um, Wait, how do you feel I about reading Batgirl? Batgirl and uh, oh god, see, 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 ain't great. He read the he read the Rebirth, not the not the Gail Simone, but I'm curious how do you like the Gail Simone one? Curious too, but like I have no hope for that one either. <laughs> but like, okay, um, you don't like spoiler either. Um, I really don't. I just find her very annoying. Oh, you just been spoiled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I find annoying. This <laughs> is so just spoiled. you like Tim Drake's girlfriend? Um, I'm pretty sure Tim Drake doesn't like Tim Drake's girlfriend. Oh, is it like that's the reason he becomes evil Batman in the future. <laughs> You're pretty sure, like, like if like I, I desperately want somebody to do evil Tim Drake again. Because like he, he's so awesome, and I want I want a scene in in the book where like uh, Tim like where spoilers just like talking or something or yapping away, and Tim Drake just turns his head and is like, "Shut up!" Silence. Silence. <laughs> it just becomes Doctor Doom. Um. Okay. So like like you bar like Batgirl. Like apparently it's a common thing. Like nobody really likes Barbara Batgirl, other than like when she's in other like in Batman books, like other like herself. I don't think she's like a big big hit, right? But she do sell more to apparently she does do better than Wonder Woman. She does better than Wonder Woman. This is off putting, but like Like okay, so uh, it's it's like the strange thing, right? Like Wonder Woman doesn't do well, right, in comparison to her her three her three her three fellows, right? You know DC said that like the four pillars of a uh, of DC comics is like Batman, Superman, Justice League Hey, what do you think the fourth one is? Um, fourth one should be Wonder Woman, because they're the Trinity. Right? Oh, no, it's Harley Quinn. <laughs> Which is bizarre. Harley Quinn does better than Wonder Woman. Because, like, I think the iconic DC image that most people have, at least I have. Yeah, it's like, it's, honesty, it's like the, like, the, tri you know, the Trinity, just like, you know, Bat Superman in the middle, Batman on one side, Wonder Woman on the other side, and it's like, yeah, that's that's the... That's the soup. That's the Justice League I want, and uh, you don't get that though. It's like DC knows the fact that Wonder Woman can't sell her own book. Apparently, the thing is they perfectly balance each other out, which is like each one you know, has like Batman's the fear guy, you know, is the dark one. Everyone Superman's the very hopeful and one flying Woman, one. Wonder Woman's like love, like which is actually uh, um, what is it? Greg Rucka's run on like Wonder Woman. That's the thing he like he emphasizes like Wonder Woman is a hero. Who just who uses love as like, like everyone has a sense of justice, right? Like Batman's dark, like justice through fear. One uh, Superman's justice through hope, right? One of them is justice through love, right? And like that's the thing, You're like oh, and uh, Greg Rucka, 
does it extremely well. Snyder, you just remove all that entirely and oh, just make her look really she, dumb and she, have her fight. With a chainsaw and like she's a she's Amazon, so she had like Xena the Warrior Princess kind of lady. When I found out about like Wonder Woman chainsaw, I was just like, oh, her chain cringed really. It's hard. called Chainsaw of Justice, and I'm ready for the encore. I, that's that's dumb. I'm, that's... I'm ready for that Spotify playlist too. I, I really don't <laughs> want that Spotify playlist. Oh, because for... any comic writer who's like, hey, listen to the Spotify playlist while you read this, I, I'm, I'm not gonna pay attention to. Like, like Peter Tomasi himself could be like. Hey, listen to this playlist while you read that. I, I wouldn't. Like, hey, read my Superman play or listen to the, my Superman playlist. It's all like uh, Beatles and stuff. And you're like, huh? All right, <laughs> I'll pass. No, it's like, <laughs> like I, I skipped through. It's like a, it's a, it's a pretty uh, classic rock. Not like the metal he's going for. I thought he'd be going for like a, some like Lamb of God, uh, some more Slayer. He only has one Slayer song in his like that playlist, and I'm like a little disappointed. Yeah, I mean, he claims to want to, like, take DC into this weirdly metal direction, but like, I don't think he realizes that DC is, like, the least metal thing on Earth. The hope. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, like, one of their characters is freaking Plastic Man, who's just some silly, stretchy cartoon man, and, like, the Flash is literally some I, dude runs, with, like, the lamest villains ever. I run... Except for God speaking. I, I run real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I run real fast, dog. Um, That's his thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is, like, segueing back to it. Was Like, okay, so you didn't like Barbara, Batgirl. I like Wonder Woman a lot from Rebirth. Okay, how was your experience with Supergirl Rebirth? Um, Supergirl Rebirth, I find kind of fun, honestly. I do. You know, like, That's my that was my favorite book when I was like picking it up, until they the, is, like, the kingening happened. But that's yeah. another, another <laughs> story for another day. Uh, um, no, I just find her book like a lot of fun, honestly. Like I like the artwork a lot. Um, I like how it starts mostly because like I feel like they kind of establish her as likable right away. She has this scene with like. Uh, what was it? One of the DEO people. Yeah. Um, who, if you're familiar with the Supergirl show, they have that in there, but it's like odd in there. But in, in here, it's like an organization that keeps up with alien stuff. Um, but like with her, like she gets screamed at by her boss. You know, she gets like put down by her boss, and I think that's what sort of made her likable. Because I think everybody's had that boss in their life who's been like a bit you know, like, too angry. Kit! And, yeah. <laughs> like, and who, who just sort of goes off on them, and I think that sort of establishes this human idea with her, where she just wants to be, like, you know, her own sort of hero and stuff, and she's inspired by other heroes. Or, like, and, uh, well, how do you feel, like, what is it, uh, so, reading, like, Superman, how do you feel about Supergirl, like, your experience of reading Superman? Well, Tomasi Superman. Uh, yeah, you know, like, I, I wish, like, you know, like, there there would be, like, a book with them, like, together. Oh. I honestly want to see what their actual dynamic would be like. Well, are you talking about, like, a team book, like, the super family, or are you talking about, like, an, a, a superhero event for, like, four issues written by the greatest DC uh, writer at the moment, Bendis? No. Because it, it happened in the Bendis Superman book. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a reason <laughs> I stopped reading <laughs> Bendis uh, stuff because I, I couldn't take the pain no more. But like, okay, uh, so like one hit, one miss, right? Supergirl. Uh, uh fun fact: Bar uh, Batgirl does better than Supergirl too. Like in, like in shipments, the comic book stores. I don't really get how. I mean, the art seem for Supergirl seems a hell of a lot better than Batgirl. It's brighter. The colors are brighter in like Rebirth, like Supergirl Rebirth, because you know she's a she's super she's a hopeful character too. Yeah, see, see, Superman's cousin. Yeah. I mean, like, and Superman's, like, the big hopeful guy. Like, um, I'm the small, hopeful, younger cousin. Older cousin. Relationship. But, yeah, that's the thing. Um, Muhammad. Yeah. I read, uh, Birds of Prey. Um, how did that go? <laughs> you, you know what? I, okay, people love Gail Simone's Birds of Prey, right? I read about, like, yeah. 12 issues of her Birds 
about 14 issues of her Birds of Prey run. More than her Wonder Woman run. You know what? Honestly, I'm going to say, I, it's not very good in my opinion. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Okay, okay. So, you know, Wonder Woman beats her bad guy on her own, right? Beat, yeah. Beat her bad guy, right? Uh, Supergirl beats her bad guy on her own, mm. right? Uh, the first time they fight their bad guy in Birds of Prey, they lose. Barbara's like, I'm about to snitch on, I'm about to snitch on you, and the guy runs away. <laughs> <laughs> like Barbara listen, I'm gonna tattletale, and then gets arrested by the police, right? He br- uh, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> like um, okay, so you you had a bad experience with, like Bad Girl, right? Like what what was Bad Girl bad for you? Um, I think why it was bad for me was that like, firstly, it, it's an interesting setup, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like Bad Girl is traveling, you know, like she seems to want to be on her own for a bit. And that's like you, you know, finds is going to Japan, which is like interesting place to set it. Oh. Uh, but like, no, it's her. What she's looking for is just a little, like, I guess the thing that she's looking for is kind of this weirdly irritating kind of like char- like thing they introduce, where like there apparently was a character who existed before Batman called Fruit Batman. And this vigilante <laughs> is currently a hundred-year-old woman who's running around, and then I believe ability was immediately stripped away. And the character Barbara herself within the play just doesn't come across as likable as she said. They're clearly trying to push her as likable, but I don't find her that likable because her life doesn't seem to be stricken by anything. You know, it's not very, like, interesting to read. Let's say introduce other characters like Kai into the story who don't seem to really add anything for Just some weird temporary fling, I guess. My favorite, I think my favorite issue of Batgirl is when she fights the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) The literal body of the dark web, right? Um... (laughs) Freaking hate the dark web and Batman at this point. (laughs) They don't get it. (laughs) They don't get what the dark web actually is. They're just like, oh, it's a, it's a net of serial killers and evil. And, oh, the actual dark web is just a bunch of blank pages of crap. Benjamin Percy did a really good story with the, uh, about the dark web with Nightwing. And it's, it, like, it does, it's not in the original sense, right? What was it? Uh, Nightwing gets a VR helmet stuck on his head. And that's like the premise of the story. Because like, Nightwing thinks he takes the helmet off, but he's still in the virtual world. And he's like, oh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that does sound kind of cool, especially with my man Benjamin Percy on. Oh, we but like we're gonna talk about X Men next week, guys. Uh, like I, I don't really like what they did with. No. I, I don't like what that writer did oh, with like, Batgirl because it just seemed to make her like wholly uninteresting adventure-wise. She she's sassy. I I guess, but plus the colors are kind of bad. They just seem to be like a lot of like ad things to look at, and her general just like, story isn't very exciting. It's almost boring, and just kind of like, what, what what the heck am I reading? Like, you want to know what, what one one of her weirdest adventures is? Is what? literally a bunch of kids are cheating on their tests, and so what she does is. She finds these kids and she like beats them up because they're cheating. On it. <laughs> Batman is dealing with like the Joker and like Bane and all this stuff, and meanwhile Batgirl is beating up a bunch of people cheating on a oh. cheating on a school test. I will actually. I want you to read to the story arc of like a uh, Supergirl, where it's the world's finest, but it's like Batgirl and Supergirl. Oh, okay. They get right. they get stuck in the um the Phantom Zone. Oh. <laughs> It actually sounds kind of interesting. No Rogals are, though. No Rogals are. Good. Darn. No. Darn. But, like, okay. So, Birds of Prey, right? Birds of Prey, like, from what you described from Bad Girl, it starts with an interesting setup, right? Okay. You know what? I, I want to scratch that. It's not an interesting setup. Because we started off with, like, Black Canary being, like, uh, 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 like pretending to be, like, a pseudo-prostitute, right? To pick up this, like, CEO or white-collar criminal, Right? She pick she like she drives the car, picks him up, she touches he like you know touches her thigh, right, and then he, boom, she canary screams him out the the car, scares him a little bit, and then you know he's like oh you you can't, 
And then, like, like okay, you think they have evidence, right? They're about to bust him for the crime. And then Barbara's like, we can't do anything because he hasn't done anything yet. And you're like, oh, then what's the point of this, right? So, so what we find out is that this white-collar criminal is being blackmailed by this guy named Savant, who's our main villain for, like, the first two story arcs of uh, Birds of Prey. And he is a dude who wanted to be a superhero, right? But, but Batman said, you're in it for the glory, and so you don't make it as a superhero, and decide to become a supervillain. Right. Oh, wow, that, that doesn't, there are a few things about that that doesn't sound very interesting Right. good. It, it, it does, right? Like, but okay, okay. Like, okay, it sounds pretty cool when you read it. Like, oh, yeah, this, this guy, he, his ego's hurt. He's like, he, he should be like this really egotistical dude because he's like, he's like, how about this? Describe it. Um, he thinks he's beautiful, right? He talks in like someone who reads nothing but poetry all the time. Okay, all right. Sounds like an edgy sort of brave and a bold type. Yeah, long blonde. Like, he has the long blonde hair, and, like, he's muscular, and he's like, oh, I'm fabulous, and stuff like that, right? He's like, oh, he's... <laughs> okay, all right. That sounds kind of fun and a little goofy. Okay. Right, okay. But most of, like, the thing is that the dialogue goes nowhere. Like, they, they talk about, like, for, like, within the first issue of Gale Simone's run, uh, Canary and, like, Bab or Barbara or Oracle, right? They talk about this shrimp for like like mm, six panels? Six or so panels between two pages? Unless they're in some really good goddamn shrimp, then. Yeah. They're going to talk about it for six straight panels. And like, okay, so think about it, right? Is that, um, like, we, like, would you read, like, say, Wonder Woman or Supergirl? Like, they're kind of cool in their own sense, like, in their books, right? They're like, they're cool. Right, like one woman beats the bad guy on her own without like without the help of like the dude, like Steve Rogers or not his name, like, but Steve, right? She beats the bad guy without Steve, and you know Supergirl beats you know her dad in the first story arc, <laughs> like, and it's like this is really cool, or like, but this right black in the first story black uh, black canary breaks in right Savant's right there, and you like she's like oh no, and like here's this other muscle dude, and you're like okay canary about to win save the day. Next issue, Canary's on laying in the bed, handcuffed, both her legs broken. <laughs> oh, jeez. And you're like, oh, well, that's not good. And Barbara's like, well, we're going to call in Huntress, right? And hunt, they get Huntress in. Huntress is like, I'm hunting down some people, right? And so they end up sending Huntress in, right? Uh, they, they, they basically fumble around to, like, rescuing Black Canary, which, which they do, right? They fumble around, right? Huntress and, like, you know, saves Black Canary... And Barbara's like, Huntress, you can't beat Savant because he beat Black Canary and Black Canary could beat you in a fight. <laughs> and okay, alright. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, and like, Savant's like, oh, I'm killing both of you now. And like, <laughs> like Huntress like, give it, go ahead and try. And Barbara's like, we need to get out of here. You guys need to get out of here. And then she starts typing on a computer. And then she's like, Savant, I have all your information. I will leak all of it. And then he gets arrested. <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's how really it's... lame sounding. Oh yeah, right. Oh, do note like that Barbara does talk to Batgirl, like the cool the cool one, like Cassandra Kane, and okay. yeah, she could have called her to help out Black Canary. She wasn't doing anything, yeah. or uh, yeah, could have called like Nightwing or Batman or any of the other superheroes who exist. Wonder Woman, uh, Supergirl. They, she does talk to Supergirl too. Wow. You know, that would have been probably a huge asset to, like, your situation. <laughs> Supergirl, hey, hey, what are you, what's going on here? Savant smacks her with the head. What? I'm super. Um, like, that would have been, like, the situation. Uh, I think my problem with the Birds of Prey is that these superheroes are, yeah, they're probably superheroes. They're not very heroic. Or, like, they try to be, but, like, they fail. Because, what is it, Barbara gets kidnapped by, like, savant again and gets rescued by huntress right but then she gets beat up by savant well, here's the thing though since like these women superheroes be like strong doesn't canary have the ability to like yeah y you know have like the sonic sort of voice Along with like her fighting skills, I don't. And, and yeah, fight with Green Arrow for a, a while. Yeah, yeah. You find out she was trained by the same guy who trained Lady Shiva. 
right? Which is like, oh, she's like real cool. And and like the thing is, like Cassandra tries to teach her how to fight too, and Cassandra's like, you look to you, you your eyes like lie, you, your eyes can't lie, so you lose the fight. And you're like, oh, I don't think Cassandra talks like that, but okay. <laughs> but besides the point, right? Um, I think was it the Birds of Prey is what should be is like this thing that like oh makes like these B tier characters cut like you know that are not cool by any means like or like put them in the spotlight and people really love Birds of Prey because I guess their own book but I don't think it does a really good job with it like what it does and that yeah, that does not like Birds of Prey doesn't sound that good oh it, it, you know, it, you talk about oh it's not but people you ask somebody like they'll tell you Gail Simone's Birds of Prey is still the best Birds of Prey ever written I think it's just because, get like with Gail Simone's name, people get like a certain idea of like, um, seemingly good stuff she does. I mean, I've read a Gail Simone book myself before. Plastic Man. Um, Plastic Man. And the thing is, I, from like every Plastic Man thing I've viewed, I pretty much really enjoyed Plastic Man. Um, I mean, if you ever see or watch like Brave and the Bull. I mean, Plastic Man's, like, one of the funnest characters, but, like, in his own book that Gail Simone writes, it's one of the least fun things I ever read. It's literally just Plastic Man being very dumb for a good duration of a few issues. It's not very cool use of his powers, and, like, just a lot of, like, uh, hey, here's this character being dumb for a little while. Well, uh, Here's him opening a club. <laughs> Muhammad, we're getting off topic, but yeah. I, I gotta ask you the most important question. How about Spider-Gwen? Because you read um, some Spider-Gwen. Sp Spider-Gwen's actually pretty good, to be honest. Alright. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. There's, like, really good artwork, obviously. Yeah. There's some pretty strong writing with the character. Ooh. Spider-Gwen has her own, like, identity going on. Okay, okay. She's... Also, this is an alternate universe. One interesting fact an interesting thing they decide to do. Frank Castle is a cop in the universe. Sweet. Who's trying to, like, hunt her down. Okay, that's even better. <laughs> Actually, nobody tell Hickman about Spider-Gwen, though. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, like, uh, one of the things they have is, like, her dad's a cop, obviously, who does not appreciate what she's doing as Spider-Gwen. Uh, so, like... Well, so he knows? Fun. So he knows that she's like, um, Spider-Gwen? The issue starts off with a recap of, like, um, a, a lot happens within the recap. So, like, Peter Parker, who betrays one of her friends within the... ends up turning into a lizard uh, to, like, want to be, like, Spider-Gwen. Uh, this is, like, long-known continuity at this point because of, like, movies, like, uh, you know, like, the Amazing... What was the movie? Amazing Spider-Man? Um, no, Spider-Verse? No, Spider-Verse? Sp Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, they discussed that a little, but, like, um, they do a lot to make Spider-Gwen into, like, or, or, like, Gwen Stacy into her own character within this book, and, and I think that's what makes her really interesting. Um, she has a great look, obviously. The uh, hood. That allows her to, like, stick out uh, among the other sort of Spider-Man stuff. Spider-People. Um, <laughs> She sells better than, like, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. I have no idea what that is. Oh, she's the original Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, the Spider-Woman. Oh, okay. She never sells... Her, all her comics always get canceled pretty quickly. Oh, that's sad. Pretty quick. Nobody likes her. Well, I won't say nobody. Majority of people don't like her. I'm pretty sure, like, just... Oh. Bendis likes her, though. Which <laughs> is, uh, never a good sign if Bendis likes you. <laughs> I think he wrote, like, a run of her or something. But, like, yeah, okay, so Spider-Gwen's cool in her comic, right? She's a superhero. Yeah, like, her continuity is very interesting. Um, a lot about, like, her sort of, like, character is interesting. She has this whole thing with Peter Parker. Um, she works with, like, different characters. You know, like, they do a lot with this alternate universe, like, Spider-Person, which I find, like, really a lot of fun. Um... So, like, that was, like, really refreshing compared to, like, Batgirl. And, you know, like, it's it shows that, like, female characters, you know, even if they're, like, literally 
Gwen Stacy, you know, as as a spider person, are able to be written well. Gwen Stacy's you know, getting her own book, which is a surprise to me. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting idea. No, 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 not not Spider Gwen. No, Gwen Stacy, like Peter Parker's Gwen Stacy, the one who got na- oh. her neck snapped. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they had Lois Lane have her own book, and I guess... Lois Lane's a reporter, though. Yeah. It's it was a... written by Brian Michael Bendis. No, no, I think it's written by Greg Rucka. Or uh, Brubaker. Oh, really? Or Brubaker. It's one of the two. It's one of the crime... It's one of the other crime, like, writers that's in comic books. Right? Okay, that sounds actually kind of good, then. Yeah. It's like another crime writer. All right. Uh, especially if it's Brubaker, like... Or Rucka. Um, one of those. Or Rucka, yeah. Uh, I, well, well, you were reading spider Gwen. I was reading Scream. <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? You know, okay, Um, I am not a Venom fan. Well, I am a Venom fan when Venom is a bad guy. Because I think that's the coolest, like, you know... He's the coolest villain Peter Parker has ever had, right? And it's like this... Yeah. And it's like... I mean, people love the Green Goblin, but I'm like... Man, but he's not like evil Spider-Man. And that would make him much more interesting. Is that it's like he has all it's like how about this? I always think when I read like Spider Man, I always want like Spider Man to have like a cool villain. So I think Spider Man is like a video game, right? Because like my, always my, when you play a video game, I always like to, like my favorite enemies are the ones that are like like N, like NPC enemies are the ones closest to the uh, my player character. So like if I'm like the Witcher, maybe if like well not, let's put, let's change that like uh like in like say Bloodborne, my favorite always like my favorite things to fight are always other hunters. Because it's like, oh, they're basically me, but, like, d- slightly different. And, like, you know, Venom is, like, bigger Peter Parker. is like, evil. And, like, that was really cool until he became a good guy. Uh, yeah, like, the thing with Venom, I think, that was, like, really fascinating to a lot of people was uh, he's sort of, like, a twisted reflection of, like, the actual Spider-Man character. He's irresponsible. He's monsterly. He's very terrifying. He's this, like, entity that clearly wants to destroy Spider-Man. And I think that's a little bit intimidating. Uh, but, like, as you said, they tried to make him good recently. Well, more than um, recently. It's, like, been, like, 20 years now since he's been a good guy. Oh, that that sounds a bit stale. Oh, yeah. Like, like they, it, it switch, like if you read a Venom book, it switched between Eddie Brock and the other one. I forget. What's the other guy's name? Who's, like, Venom? Um, um, are you thinking of like, uh, are you thinking of something outside of the comic books? No, no, it's like they're both in the comics. It's always been Eddie Brock and the other, like one other guy who's always been like, Flash Thompson? yeah, Flash Thompson. Right now it's Flash Thompson is the Venom, and Eddie Brock is dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're both good guys, so like it doesn't really matter. Like they're both good Venom guys. Um, All right. So the thing about Scream, right, is a lot of people who don't know, Scream came out with Venom's first miniseries. And she's female Venom, and like that was all she was, was like female Venom. Um, and now she has her own book, The Curse of Carnage, right? Which is personally, I think she's like the way the book is written is like it stands on its own without having to be an extreme tie in to like that one Carnage event written by Donny Cates, but whatever, right? So basically, the, the premise is there are rogue symbiotes still roaming around the uh, uh, New York, right? and Andy, or Scream, or Scream, right? She's wandering around. She's homeless, right? And so she stays in, like, soup kitchen and stuff like that. And sometimes Scream takes over. And, you know, because other symbiotes, like, want to feed. Like, the symbiotes wants to feed on each other, the way the book puts it out, right? And so, when, like, say a symbiote grabs a host, they want to feed on, like, Scream, um, Andy. And her Scream, pop, like, transforms into Scream. And she, like, you know, basically kills them. Kills the people. And, like... Which is like, oh, she's like, oh, she's a villain. But like, uh, it's like you find out that like the symbiotes, the one once they take control of a person, they're no longer human. So like, it's not like you know Venom symbiote. Where like, oh, it's like a cool like, like they they need each other or like you know Eddie Brock now needs like the symbiote to live, depending on like that one Spider-Man cartoon. No, like these symbiotes like full on you know use your body as a, like take control of it and like it dies you die kind of situation and like Scream is like hunting them down. And it's, like, really cool. It's, like, this dichotomy between... Because Andy, her mother left her when she was a child and just left her with her father. 
and you don't really know how her dad died, but she's dead, and she wants this permanent, like, family in her life, right? And Scream says, we are, we are, you know, I'm your only family we need. We are only family. And so far, within, like, the four issues that are out, right, there's, like, this a symbiote mother who's coming for, like, you know, the Scream symbiote, and it's, it's really hitting home with this idea of, like, you know, family that's doing, like, really good. And, like, it's, like, really cool. Like, this anti-hero that Marvel really needs because the Punisher shouldn't be, isn't punishing as much. Yeah, he's, he's just putting a lot of very confusing books. Oh, he was a Hydra agent? I, I guess? He was a war, he was war machine for a while. Briefly? <clears throat> yeah. No, for, I like, guess. an entire run. Uh, oh, He's Soviet now. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds like a whole lot of mess. Uh, one of these days with self. But I think Scream and, like, you know, Spider-Gwen are, like, two standouts, right? But, yeah, you know, with every good, you know, book, there's always a bad one, right? Especially, like, female characters, because they're not, you know, oh, like, everything. Uh, how's Gwenpool? Um, so, yeah, one of the books I ended up reading was, like, Gwenpool. Yep. Um, I was expecting it to be bad because just the premise alone sounded kind of like, you know, something you would read, uh, some sort of, like, fan fiction you would read, but, like, it being on, like, DeviantArt or something. Oh, that's terrible. Like, like a Spider-Man fan or, like, a Marvel fan literally being put in the main Marvel verse. Comic story? But, like, but, uh, <laughs> the thing was, like, the thing about Gwenpool that was actually kind of fun was the actual sort of humor. There was actually some pretty good humor throughout, like, at least the first issue. There was this very, like, meta sort of thing with it. It did get overbearing a little too much at certain points. I felt like where, like, um, they would try way too hard with it. Then there were some funny jokes, like, uh, Gwenpool was, like, basically being cancelled slowly throughout the issue, and she was trying not to be. She didn't want to be kicked out of this universe. So, like, she was trying to get superpowers. Uh, and one of the people who tried to rescue her was, like, a future version of her that had, like, radiation poisoning that tried to pull her out, and she gets, like, found by, like, the cops or something, and she's like, yeah, yeah, radiation poisoning, dude. And she's, like, dying and, like, burning. And, and that was actually kind of funny and sort of weird. Sounds terrible. It's, it's terrible, but also weirdly funny. But then they go on through the book, and then it's just a whole lot of other meta humor. And then Gwenpool is slowly being crushed, and then she quickly realizes she apparently has the ability to manipulate the reality. Yeah, because and I guess that's her ability. Because she's a real person inside the a comic book universe. Yeah. So yeah. you don't like that meta humor, that meta textual humor, just that. Um, sometimes it works, but sometimes it it doesn't with throughout the Gwenpool book, um, at least. It breaks the meta. And so I'm a I'm a superhero that's a person inside a comic book. <laughs> yeah, and they do that like a little too often, Darn. and that's where I feel like it just ends up kind of like harping a bit. Ends up feeling a little too gimmicky at certain points, and I think that's where like the book like uh, uh, lost me at certain points, uh, and it never really was able to get fully attached to it as much as like you know, other books like Spider Gwen or like Supergirl. Um, it's not bad by any means. It's just you know, it's, it's that type of humor that you know they make fun of millennials for liking too much. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, you know. Like, it's like that type of humor boomers hate. Um, <laughs> Boom. Oh, uh, but... that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Speaking of boomers, I've read Sensational... Okay, so the last book I read for, like, our... To do our episode was Sensational She-Hulk. You know what? I read the first issue, and then I read, you know, Dan Slott's She-Hulk. And you know what? I'm like, man, nope, I don't think anyone can write She-Hulk. Because in, like the first issue, like the first issue of Sensational She-Hulk, was she's working now. She's like, man, I wish I could be more like my cousin. And she's like, work, like lifting like two elephants up, right? And then this dude's like, ho ho, and then like you know, hypnotizes her. He's like, I'm the ringmaster, huh? 
And like for the most, like ninety five percent of that book, she's under this guy's control. And they like a lot of people just say, "Oh man, look how hot she is." <laughs> and that's like that's like most people's dialogue. She's like, "Man, look at that babe lift all that stuff." And like even like the people in the red thing, because like the plan was use use She Hulk to rob a billion dollars from some. It's never explained who or what they're robbing. This plan is to, like use her to rob a billion dollars. And uh, end of the day, a gorilla saves a day, but it's another supervillain dressed as a gorilla who saves She Hulk because he wants to use She Hulk for a nefarious scheme too. That's that's like one of the most confusing things I've ever heard. Oh, it's like a pretty bad synopsis, but like that's what happens. Like She Hulk gets uh, hypnotized for most of the book. Another supervillain's like, oh, I need She-Hulk for my evil plan, so I need her to be not hypnotized. So he unhypnotizes She-Hulk, saves, uh, beats up the bad guy, and that's it in the comic. She gets a she gets a new pad though. She gets like a high rise in New York. You know, she's like like she's even implied she's like I'm six <laughs> three. That, that's how like tall she is. But that that's um, and like what is it? Dan saw She-Hulk run story. I uh, the first issue of that was uh. Basically, she's out for a job. She's no longer She-Hulk, or ish, right? Because She-Hulk, in Sensational, she can't transform back to, like, her, you know, non-Hulk out form. She's just, you know, She-Hulk, like, who could talk to people. And okay. she, But in Dan Slott, she's just, you know, Barbara and... Not Barbara. Gosh. Like, she's just, like, a normal person. And she's running down the... She see a lady get kidnapped, like, her purse snatched. She's like, I'm about to save the day. She pulls out, like, her, like, her Tony Stark watch thing and, like, squeezes it, but it doesn't Hulk out. She's like, oh, no, but, like, she trained with Captain America so she could, like, knock this dude out. Um, okay, okay I guess. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, this is kind of... It's really boring. It's more or less, like, you know... It's how do I put this. It's that kind of... It's that kind of... It's written like that, uh... That's how I put it. It's not written like a superhero comic, right? Because the Sensational is written like a superhero comic. You know, just, you know... Not, like, some respect for, like, She-Hulk. Uh, this is written, like, say, some Lifetime TV show about, like, a middle-aged or, like, late 20s uh, lawyer who's, you know, trying to find her way in life. And, like, that's the situation in, like, in the she- dance hall She-Hulk yeah. from the issue I read. Uh, that, that does kind of sound really bad. <laughs> it sounds like something, like, Netflix would watch. Oh, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be on Disney+. Plus. Oh, that sounds pretty bad. I think, I think it's gonna be uh, like I think a lot of people like it too, or I think a lot of people who read it like it for what it is, or they're just She-Hulk fans that just bought it. The person I'd rather read, like if I had the choice between the two, I'd probably read just Sensational, because it has a bit more action and like, it's a bit more comic book fun than say you know Dan Slott She-Hulk from the first issues. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, you know, I I still say that uh. It's not the best super. It's not the best superhero comic. Like, it's they're not. They're not at this rate. Which brings me to this question, right? Or what I want to ask is like, Mama, do you think that? Why? Why do you think superhero like uh super like female superheroes aren't as popular as the guys? Um, I'm not sure if it's like a full-on issue of popularity mm. as much as it is just like they don't really put out enough of these different female characters. Most of the ones they have put out over the years have just been kind of, like, a little bit boring. So, like, they... What I've noticed, seemingly, is there seems to be an odd pattern of, like... uh, At least in, like, the Marvel books, they seemingly have female characters such as, like, Sea-Hulk and, like, Spider-Gwen. And, like, Gwenpool, who seem to be based off of, like, other characters or come from different characters. Seahawk used to be uh, seemingly the cousin of Bruce Banner. She still and, is. She still is the cousin of Bruce Banner. And I guess that's still a thing. And they seem to just come off of like other characters. Never really get pushed. It's not that I think like female characters can't work or can't be popular. It's just that I don't think they push the right things, like to like really make a solid female character. And I think it's just an issue of, like, they don't seemingly push the right characters forward. Or they don't try to have, like, the right writers take on, like, the right female characters. Because I think a Wonder Woman book would probably work, like, really amazingly now. But, like, they seemingly don't really try to push it. 
I think, well, well, if like if I were to put my thoughts in it, right, I would say that like Spider Gwen, right, has the biggest probably story in her run than say Wonder Woman does. Well, back in like the two thousands, right, they had like Amazon's Attack, which was a Wonder Woman event, but that's like her only event. Like Wonder, like Spider Gwen had like this really big story where she becomes Gwenum. You know, like I remember a lot of people were talking about it who weren't even reading Spider Gwen. They're like, oh, she looks so cool, right? And I think part of that is, um, like, Birds of Prey, Gelsmo's Birds of Prey ends up tying into a Batman story. Two Batman stories, actually. It goes Batman Murderer and, then, like, Batman Fugitive. They both tie into that, but, like, uh, they never really, like, Wonder Woman or, you know, Birds of Prey or Batgirl, Supergirl, right? They never have their own big story. Like, say, Superman has, like, his big story once in a while. Batman has, like, one every month. Like, Spider-Man has, like, a big story coming up soon, right? And, like, but, like, everybody else, like, all, like, other, like, like, even the Avengers or, like, Iron Man, Captain America, they all have, like, you know, big standout stories. While, you know, Wonder Woman doesn't, like, have, like, a defining story. Neither does, like, Batgirl besides the killing joke. Yeah, it's, like, weirdly fascinating that they wouldn't do an event with, like, a female character. Or they wouldn't try to push that or like just like put that out there because tr- there would be a lot i mean each of these characters collectively could easily have their own event uh it's odd that they don't really try to like write that or put that out there uh, it's very odd i guess but it, like it is. a lot of modern day comic book events which it could be a podcast on their own just seem to be very scattered and all over the place. We'll we'll, um, we'll read some like events and then come back to you guys. <laughs> yeah, because for to me they just seemingly are all over the place. But it's like we it's, get metal and then we get like weird um, Marvel crap. We get encore. No, like um no, but it's like um it's like how you remember how I put this. You remember like when you fifty two everybody talked about the court of owls, right? Or yeah. Or like when like like. Uh, DC Rebirth happened, everyone was talking about Tomasi's Superman, and like, well, there was like a lot more people talking about, super, like, Tomasi's Superman or people like, uh, or James Robinson had the story when his Superman run was like, the year without Superman, uh, a world without Superman where like, yeah, like uh, these big stories right, these big, awesome stories and then Wonder Woman gets, hey, this is Wonder Woman, like, 195 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cheetah's in it, and you're like okay, cool a world without Superman sounds so much cooler. Yeah, like, it does. It just doesn't sound, like, very appealing. Or... It hasn't been, like, a Wonder Woman story where I've been, like, oh, uh, hey, that one big Wonder Woman story. Like, um, Peter Parker has, like, you know, Spider-Man has, like, Craven's Last Hunt, or, uh, you know, Hunted, or One More Day. <laughs> like, even the bad ones stand out. Like, you know, Captain America has, like, the Winter Soldier... Where, like, Iron Man has the, uh, you know, demon in the bottle, or, uh, I forgot the other one. He had, like, this really stupid, like, this one where he's, like, a fugitive. Or, like, Superior Iron Man, right? That's another one that's, like, thing. Thor has, like, God Butcher, or, like, you know, uh, it's, like, Thor got a Like, Jane Thor was, like, pretty cool, but people dropped off later in a half. Like, she didn't have, like, this big, she had a big moment, but not a big story. Or, like, that's, like, you know that's something it's a i think it's like what i think i think the reason why they're like you know they're not selling well is that they need to put like a writer who's on like who's like this really crazy dude they need to put like a scott snyder on like wonder woman or like supergirl and just see what happens just this dude is like man i'm about to write this dumb story and they're gonna make it big and people talk about it you think that'll work okay oh no you don't have no thoughts on that no just like um i think like a female event or like um an event or just a major female character story would be really cool if like handled by the right writer they just seemingly don't really come up with those that's just kind of odd like one of the books i like um read a little while ago that was a bit odd to me was like um what was it it was like invisible woman sue storm oh the mark wade classic <laughs> but like, it, it, what was so odd about it was like, the, there wasn't really anything to this character, 
which just seemed a bit like odd you know like they tell you a lot about her like mark Waid tells you a lot you know sees a wife sees a superhero sees a friend she's a mom she's a mom yeah but like we don't see any of that we just get told it and see ends up being like a secret agent of some sort for shield goes on like a lot of miscellaneous adventures she want an invisible woman <laughs> i think it got canceled yeah which is like just upsetting but like yeah i would have loved to see more of that if it, they just would have sold me like her being like uh, you know wife and mother and all this stuff and then like having her do something cool but they didn't it was just like a lot of like mark wade being like i guess i'm on another marvel book He's writing uh, Doctor Strange again, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, that 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 sounds like the least appealing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Mark Wade, Doctor Strange, it's Surgeon Supreme. That sounds literally terrible. It's, Surgeon Supreme. Yeah, he's the Surgeon Supreme. <laughs> that uh, sounds awful. Well, do you have any final thoughts, Muhammad? I guess with like female superhero books, the thing is there, it's highly possible to write something um, with a female character really well. But like, it seems very strange to me that there hasn't been like a really massive female superhero book that like the likes of like Gwenum or um, like the likes of Court of Owls, where like people just sort of end up talking about it. what was this thing you just posted? Bad, what, what is that? Batgirl number 44, Medieval Crimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this cover right now that is so, like, it's like Batgirl jumping at, like, a dragon or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's fighting a dragon. Um, I weirdly have, like, a morbid curiosity. <laughs> oh. I wonder how this ended up here. Oh, well, you'll find out in our episode, our roundup Maybe episode. Maybe this is the next big female story. <laughs> oh, well, we got after all versus a dragon. Okay, well, how, where can we find you? <laughs> um, you can find me at twenty thousand con. You know, just sort of not doing anything on my Twitter. Not anymore. Occasionally, I'll say something on there. Not a lot. He's um, a. He doesn't want to be the. He he doesn't want to be corrupted by the twittering. Like, I'm scared if I get into Twitter too soon, it's going to distract me. It's like, like, Twitter turns good writers into, like, you know, lumps of, like, putty. Like, they were yeah. they were good, and, like, now <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Unless they're promoting something, they'll, like, see something there, and then they'll just get trapped on Twitter for a few months. And they're like, oh, what? Ha- I- I've been gone. And they write something like that. Uh, you can find me at Eric Mogel only at Twitter. And uh, I, I don't comment anything anymore either. <laughs> But I'll, I'll I'll do it again soon. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode, and hope to guys see you guys next time. Later. <laughs>